Hi, and welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. Today, I am here with some very special guests from the cat department. I have returning guests today, Abigail Dillard. Say hi, Abby. Hey. Abby was here um, on the sixth episode for Folklore, and now she's back again because she's directing a whole other project. So we get to talk to her again. Woo! So how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. That is so perfect. Um, One thing that I want to talk to you about before we go talk all about Defying Gravity is since you've been here for a little while now, what are some things that you wish you have known now since just being here for like a little bit? You know, like since you this is your first year, first time teaching here, all those things. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Gosh, so many things. So sorry, so many things. Um, not off the top of my head. I don't know. I I wish. I don't know what I wish I had learned. Um. I'm not sure. This is a great question. I'm so sorry. Wow, you You're stumped good. me. You're good. Because I know some people like, I wish I knew how to order my food at this place before earlier. Or I wish I, I literally just before. did DoorDash for the first time yesterday. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, but it's also because I have this thing where I'm like, Abby, you can get there. You don't need <laughs> you don't need someone to deliver your food. So that was my own argument with myself. But yesterday I totally gave in. So uh, I don't know if that's from? something I uh, lost pizza co downtown. Right. And it's like right there. And I was like, Abby, you could. But I couldn't. I had zero time and it was so perfect. And they brought me pizza and it was awesome. So now, you know, the wonderful joy of DoorDash. I know. I know. I know. But I will. I will just continue to like try to utilize my own being first. But appreciate them if you want to learn more about abby and a little bit of her background go check out that episode it's episode six it's all about device pieces and mm-hmm. all those fun things and the folklore i'm sorry for the audio quality not being the best but we, we got better we got better you, you're still here you're still listening and yeah. that's all that matters okay abby as you know since you've been here before mm-hmm. what's your soft drink what's your soft jam yes um i'm really loving this watermelon soda i think it's called like it's like it's like a spin-off prebiotic or probiotic, so it's like popbiotic or something. Yeah. It's watermelon soda. They sell it at Publix in individual cans. It is really great and it's refreshing. So every once in a while, just go get me a watermelon soda. Like that's the first time I've heard of a watermelon soda that wasn't by a candy brand. Right. Yeah. All of the other ones were by candy brands. And it is supposedly, you know, good for you. I mean, you know, it's still soda, but yeah, yeah. better than most. So good. It was that's, great. That's good. Uh, my song would be right now would be Tiny Riot by Sam Ryder. Um, kind of obsessed with that guy right now. Uh, he just performed on Eurovision in 2022. Oh, he did? 2023. 2023. No. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. Ooh, someone else look it up. <laughs> you're, good. you're good. I I just kind of watch Eurovision through like everybody else watching it, and yes. that's how I find about it. Oh my gosh, Eurovision is great. And whole other that's a whole other conversation. But it is good. Uh, yeah, he was England's choice for um, their selection. Ooh, Abby words today. But um, yeah, uh, Sam Ryder. So he he was great. Honestly, we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here. You're directing a whole piece, another piece called yeah. um, Defying Gravity. Love that. If you guys, better yet, tell all people what it's about. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not about Wicked. <laughs> I think I should start there. Um, yeah, it is um, a non-linear, free-structured look at the 1986 Challenger disaster, um, which I think a lot of our audiences will actually have been around for that um, or definitely be aware of it. Um, so I'm really excited about it. It follows the teacher... Um, who in reality was uh, Krista McAuliffe, who ended up being chosen as a part of the teacher in space program to go up to space and teach classes in space. That was the, the goal. Um, and, and in our show, we're following, her name is Just Teacher. Um, they've stripped it down a little bit. 
And we follow her journey um, before, during, and even after the launch, um, as well as that of her grieving daughter, who uh, is played by a character named Elizabeth, which is not not based in reality either. Um, some fantastic tourist couple comes by and gives us some comedic relief to this heavy subject. Uh, we have a mechanic who feels guilt about the situation and his girlfriend is dealing with her own fears of flight. Um, and then we even have uh, Monet, of all people, uh, show up to also shed some light on the subject, so yes. It's gonna be an interesting watch. I can't wait to come see it. Yes. My question is, why did you choose Defying Gravity? Yeah, I was, um, I've been sitting on the show for a while, to be honest, and I needed a good place to do it. Uh, and I, I was really excited about this idea of impact. It's actually my, it's my director's concept for the show. Um, and I was excited about it because this show innately is covering something that is gonna be a group, uh, a generational trauma, right? Uh, the A generation was impacted by the Challenger disaster. Um, but that is true for um, all generations. They have these moments of, of impact on them, like I believe ours most recently would be COVID-19. Um, before that would have been 9-11. Another one would have been the day Kennedy got shot. People remember, it's like, where were you the day the world shut down, right? Um, and so we kind of get to talk about that and we get to push even further, right? The lasting impact is that the world didn't stop. And instead, we we rejuvenated how we do things and we seek out community even more so. And we innately try to connect to other people by finding the light in the situation. And I think that's what this show is about. So I just thought it would be really a great creative endeavor for our students and myself to explore. How did you come across it? Because you said you've been sitting on it for a while. Yes, uh, this actually came to me from uh, my own master's program. I almost did this as my thesis show. Um, so yeah, I've been sitting on it for a while. It was just a really strong choice. To be honest, I order plays all the time. So if y'all ever want to know what I'm reading next, you just let me know. I get new plays all the time just to read them. And, and then I sit on them for a while until they're ready to, to launch. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> I like bad jokes. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> good, good. Okay. Since since your whole, like, from my understanding, your master's was in, like, devised theater and directing, correct? It was in directing specifically, yeah. Okay. Um, you you talk about a lot about devised theater and movement and all those fun things. How mm. do you find directing a normal play differs from directing a de devised piece? Yeah, so a little bit of it's not different, and it is. Uh, it's kind of like this happy happy mixture of both. Um, for one, the joy of directing a, what we're gonna call a real show is that it has a script and that we don't have to tackle um, the creation of text, which is, which is just really quite hard when you're doing it in like a pressure cooker situation. Um, and like the plot, like someone else already figured out all the things for you and you just get to- It's like the puzzle's already there. Yes, it's already there. So then you just get to unpack that in the creative way that is like really freeing. So to be honest, like that, there's already a set structure. So that makes the rehearsal and the process just a little bit more streamlined. There's less time where we sit and are like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do next. Or, oh, we have too many things. We still find those too in this rehearsal process, but we, we get to then go back to the text and say, ah, you know what? It's not supported here. Or, ooh, actually, yeah, it's mirrored several times. Let's go for it. So that's how it's kind of different. When um, casting for directing, I talked to um, Dr. A, who does musical theater, who also does opera. Hmm. When he's 
direct when he's casting he looks for the same things for both um like um, opera or musical theater do you mm. look for the same things when it comes to devised piece in a regular show or you know no not really actually i'm in a devised piece i'm looking for more the game players the people who um want to just explore and go play they're probably the people that are the maybe like they might be the loudest in the room. They might be doing the most bold choices, even if they're just totally wrong. Um, that's who I'm probably looking for for a device piece. Cause I'm looking for someone who can bring in material and fail and be cool with that. Um, and then for a more structured piece, I'm probably looking, well, it kind of depends on the casting of the show, but yeah, I'm looking for something that maybe more matches what the show is looking for or what the show needs, which could still be the loud, bold choices people. It could be the people who are a little bit more, maybe your traditional perception of an actor or an audition process, or, or it could be anything, you know, all and above. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, I was in the One Act Festival. Yes. And the thing about the One Act Festival was originally we were supposed to be working on these platforms that are for the show. Oh, sorry. Can someone explain <laughs> to me what the platform, they originally got, they, they weren't built in time. So can somebody explain to me what this platform situation is and what's happening with all of that? Oh, the poor One Acts. I mean, no, the, the One Acts were amazing. Um, but yes, we wrecked their set for them several times. So uh, we're sharing the same space. And so our original set design for the show was uh, really more proscenium style, right? So we're all facing one direction towards the kind of a raised set. And when we started blocking, we got caught really fast. Like it just was not working. I had too many bodies in a small space that was like multi-leveled and platformed out. And in on paper, it was really cool. But in reality, we were like sardines in a can. We were like shuffling. Oh, you can't. And then it was like, it was so awkward. And you're like, oh, you can't watch people awkwardly shuffle on stage. Like you can't. Um, so then we redesigned the whole set, literally like week one of rehearsal, which I, some of the cast hadn't even worked on the original taped out because we taped out the set for them. They hadn't even worked on it yet. And it was already too late. I was like, we can't do this. So yeah, the technology director and our scenic designer and I went back and we were like, we have to redo the whole thing. And now we have these raised platforms um, and we're actually going to do the staging in traverse style. So our audience is going to be on two sides with like, basically think of a runway model in between. And that's where we're going to perform in that space. And so there's three platforms on stage. Um, one is about two feet, one's about six feet. Um, and then there's a 16 foot diameter circle in the middle of the stage. I'm so excited to see this. Is there <laughs> any way you could tell me how they're being used or will that spoil too much? Uh, you know, I, it might be too much. I understand if it is. Okay. My cast is saying, don't say my okay. cast is saying, don't say. I just, I just know one day I was getting a soda out of Norton and I just saw just a very tall platform and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening and I'm so excited. Hey, we are defying gravity. We are, we're reaching are. new heights. You are. So that's what I will say. How about that? <laughs> um, and what is something that you learned from your previous show directed here that you're applying now or something that like along those lines, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know what I what I learned, including learning now that I've been here for a little bit, is that um, I've learned how the students work here, um, which I did not know, you know, when I got here. I, I, I assumed some things and I had to change my idea about others. And so now I think I have a better grasp of, 
of how how this department works, which is really great. So in that case, I'm I'm str- I've structured my rehearsals a little bit differently so that I can kind of accommodate the things that we need. So um, actually, this week, like I'm taking an hour just a whole hour of rehearsal to just meet with one actor at a time to do character work mm-hmm. because we're past um we're off book and we have the blocking so now we're just doing the things where like they get to come and tell me who their character is and we get to play with that and develop that so I think that's been really beneficial as we're like halfway through that so yeah I love that I love that yeah well we've talked for a good little minute and yeah. let's bring in the cast so please. they can talk along with us please please so when we'll be right back we'll have the cast great I'm so excited for you to meet them. They're super cool people. I work with all of them in at least some form or fashion. So everybody, can you say hi? Hi. And your name, please. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, try again. Hi. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm Ella, and I'm playing Elizabeth in Defying Gravity. I am Laura Lee Johnson, and I'm playing the teacher in Defying Gravity. I'm Matt Jones, and I'm playing Monet. And I'm Jared Stocks, and I'm going to be playing the part of Ed in Defying Gravity. Hello, <laughs> man. You can say a group hi now if you would like to. Group hi. Hi. Oh. <laughs> now, there we go. Um, now that we've had our group hi and our individual highs, um, one thing I need to know about all of you before we get into the juicy details of rehearsals and all the character things that you've been doing for Defying Gravity, I need to know, um, is I believe all of you are cat majors, if I'm not mistaken, um, why you're a cat major and why are you here at UNA and also what year are you in, like, are you junior, senior, all the fun stuff? Well, I, Larley, am a cat major, and um, the reason why I became one was because I have such a love for theater, and um, I've always loved it, and it's been in my heart and soul, and I just feel so at home and peace when I am on stage or performing with others, so I decided to pursue that despite what, you know, everybody else tells you to do. Um, and I honestly was not thinking about coming to UNA until I got to um, the community college that I came to or went to before this. And um, my teacher, my film teacher said, I really wish you would check out UNA. And so I was like, sure, you know, I'll audition. So I actually auditioned in front of Abby and um, I loved it. I just immediately, I was like, yep, this is it. So <laughs> that's how I got here. <laughs> okay, hi. Um, Ella, again. (laughs) I'm a cat major because I find a lot of magic in storytelling and theater. And I personally love it so much. And that's something I would love to pursue and create magic for other people who watch shows, who read shows and watch films or have ideas for scripts and screenplays. Um, So that's what I'm interested in learning about and cultivating in my education. And I'm a junior this year. I'm Matt. Uh, I'm a freshman. I'm a freshman. And uh, I'm a cat major. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. And um, I decided I didn't start doing theater until my senior year of high school. We didn't have a theater program or anything like that. Um, But we had a teacher who came in and got things started. And 
um, I was really involved with that, and it felt like everything just, you know, I've always been a very creative person in different types of ways, but uh, when I did theater, it felt like it just kind of clicked for me, and that's why, um, that's why I decided to major acting. It's kind of a funny story from my end, I, obviously, for the most part. You guys know, I didn't actually come here to do theater initially. I kind of rub that in every time I'm on stage. Uh, I started off as a history major, and sort of the beauty of that was I was working at the Space and Rocket Center at the time in Huntsville when a recruiter from UNA came over to discuss how the university offers a, a credit program for working at the Space and Rocket Center. And unfortunately, I didn't qualify, but... Uh, it was Dr. Davenport in the business school, and he said, hey, you should definitely check it out. Uh, I did, made it in. And about a month in, I want to say, I was like, I'm not going to do any theater or extracurriculars. I'm just going to stick to my history degree. And uh, I saw an ad in the Daily Digest for uh, the auditions for Folklore, and obviously jumped in and stuck. You know, it, it was weird taking a hiatus because I'd been doing theater for God knows how long at that point. But, you know, being able to actually get back into theater really stuck for me. And since then, I've picked up a second major, now history theater double major. God help me. Uh, but that's sort of where we're at. And I'm, I'm really stoked to work on this project and combine that love of space and, and theater with the rest of this amazing cast. We love that. We love that. Um, before we get into questions, I have to ask you guys as well. What's your soft drink? What's your soft jam? What's you drinking? What's you jamming? Okay, since everybody looks at me first, I'll I go, first. go first. You don't have to go first. I was just, that, you're just in my diagonal. I hate, I'm so sorry. Whoever's in that seat is the person I look at first. So my favorite soft drink is an orange Fanta. It's been my OG Fantas since are so good. day one. And my song is Ballin' by Mustard and Roddy Rich. I went on a bachelorette trip one time and the security guards taught us how to dance to that song and I will never forget it. So that is my jam. What? I love that so much. I need to know this dance. Please, please. We, we got to talk about this afterwards. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that afterwards. Um, I'll go next to break some of the tension between the three of y'all. Y'all can figure that out. Um, my soft jam currently, I've been planning and getting ready for the Young Gravy concert. Mm. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of Young Gravy. The current song that I'm just jamming out to him is Mr. Mrs. Worldwide. Love it. Jamming it 100%. Um, my soft drink, I do this every week, so mine's no typically not a juice. Mine's typically juice because I drink more juice than I do soda. Um, and it is Arizona Kiwi Strawberry. I've probably said it before. I'll say it again. It's so good. It's better in the can than it is the bottle. And only one gas station in the whole town has it. So I have to go there and then I clear them out of their stock as soon as they get it in. And then I have to wait a whole another week for them to get it back again. It is a love-hate relationship. But oh my God, it's so good. It's better in the can than the bottle, but I'll settle for the bottle if they don't have any cans. Um, I'm going to agree with you on uh, soda being better in the can. Um, I feel like I'm the same way, uh, but my, my soft drink, I'd say, is vanilla Coke. I've been drinking so much vanilla Coke, <laughs> um, and then my song uh, is Small Victories by the Lemon Twigs. Right, okay, chosen by Laura Lee to go next. Um, so I don't drink soda, but I am a connoisseur of chocolate milkshakes, but speaking of juice, I have discovered and now love cran raspberry juice. 
cran anything Ooh. it's good oh my god cranberry juice is just so good you don't like cranberry what? juice Abby. Oh, i'm sorry when it's, you get a uti you'll thank me later <laughs> oh. drinking this. it's the cran grape okay Ooh. you'll okay. start drinking the flavored ones because you don't want regular they make one. multivitamins for that my friends but that's okay <laughs> sometimes oh, you just want you, know, some, you just gotta drink the cranberry juice it's quicker it's, it's cheaper good. it okay. saves your life faster cran raspberry juice and pretzels is my new study uh. snack oh i felt it's that really good i felt that just if you if you wanted to know, okay. Um, my songs multiple is going to be the entire folklore album by Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my god! If you don't know, we have a whole album already, and the first Taylor Swift album was by um, Ella. So back at it again. As well as I'm not done. Oh, <laughs> as well as I think we're alone now by Tiffany and anyone can whistle. I love that song so yeah. much. Thank you. People, Appreciation. People do not give Tiffany enough credit. She was the mall tween, I mean, mall tour queen for yes. the longest time. Give her her. Pro- you don't know who Tef- mm-hmm. Tiffany is? No, but I will look them up. Oh my god! Iconic. In the eighties, when like malls were a thing and like the Mall of America was super big. <laughs> How do we not know? <laughs> um, oh, Tiffany man. was. She was. This teenager girl i'm sure i did she was going around and touring at every single mall and that's the only place she toured was at the malls she is an icon continue i'm sorry and then anyone can whistle from anyone can whistle because that is my homework and i listen to it every day for like the last two months now i'm gonna go ahead and go on a double shout out so for my soft drink of the week this is gonna throw back to setc so for those of you guys who don't know uh, Folklore actually toured to the Southeastern Theater Conference. We can talk about that later if we have time. But while we were there, there was a local ginger ale called Ale 81, a late one. It is, it is awesome. I only tried it because the restaurant we were at was out of Sprite, but I had it. Oh my God, I bought a case and brought it back home. And I have my last bottle in the fridge. It is such a good ginger ale. And another shout out, those of you guys who are local in Florence, Check out uh, Vinyl Junkie. They're off of uh, Wood Avenue. They have amazing records. I just picked up a copy of one of my favorite albums by Yes from 1972, Close to the Edge on vinyl. And I've been listening to that on repeat for the last two weeks. So shout out to them. They've got some amazing vinyls on display there. But yeah, Close to the Edge and Ale 81 Ginger Ale. If you guys want to listen to all the albums that Ella has put on this playlist now, she has maxed out the number of albums on a playlist that we've had. Um, that is now two or three. I think she gave us two Taylor Swift last one, um, which is great. We love it. Just go to Spotify, type in University or um, UNA School of the Arts, and the playlist Soft Drinks and Soft Jams will be there so you can try a random soda. And if you just need chaos and don't know what to listen to, put it on shuffle. I swear to God, you will have just fun chaos time. So go check that out. So we're going to talk about the show. But before we talk about the show, we all know I'm a designated hater. I love to hate. It's just true. It's true. I can't help it. And I need your biggest hot takes about space. I will gladly start you off because this is a show about space. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two. I feel like one's not a hot take and it's just a very popular opinion. Pluto's still a planet. You can't change my mind. It's not, You can't just decide randomly that Pluto's not a planet. It is absolutely not a planet. It is. It is. No, no. Because my thing is, if a Boy Scout gets all of his things, you're not going to randomly take it away one day because mm, you're too short to be a Boy Scout. That's literally what they did. Thank you, Kaya. He's too short to be a Boy Scout. Justice for Pluto. Pluto deserves <laughs> more. Pluto is not a planet. Is, I really feel like we're triggering Jared because he's <laughs> so he is space, a space boy. junkie. Yes. And I, I love it because for the show, he has been like, oh, this, 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 and this. But 
I really feel like we're triggering him now. <laughs> you know? He can say whatever he wants. It's never going to change my mind. I have people lecture me for hours. I was never a space kid the same way I was never a dinosaur kid. Those two were just my least interests. But I will die on the fact that Pluto is a planet and that Interplanet Janet from Schoolhouse Rock is the best space song and the only space song needed because it's so good. And if you haven't listened to it, I will play all of it for you because it's so good. I'm putting it on the playlist. That is a fact. <laughs> You're good on the second point, but Pluto's still not a planet. It still it is does a not planet. In my okay. heart, it does not clear its own orbit. It. it doesn't clear its own orbit. There are two things in Pluto's orbit. It orbits around itself, around a center point, because it splits orbit with another body. That inherently makes it not a planet. It splits an orbit. <laughs> we can no, agree I think it's like fun that. that it's doing its own unique little thing, okay? Exactly. It's got style. It does have a, a heart unique... on the surface of the planet. Yeah. You can actually see it has heart. It, it has heart. So it's real in my heart and its heart. It's that a is, planet. That is fair. Still okay. a dwarf planet. My hot take about uh, space. I'm. Okay, this is gonna be funny because of Elizabeth. Uh, I'm really mad that I can't um, sit on the rings of Saturn. I feel like that'd be a fun little place, to, you know, chill. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just throwing it out there. It looks lovely in the photos. That is a line from the show, by the way. I was just gonna People say, who doesn't know? <laughs> you have to see this. You have to come see the show to understand what she just said. I only know that because I was at the auditions. Listen, that was genuine, and not only from the show, but it is a genuine wish of mine. That is a valid wish, though. They do. They they look very nice. Thank you. Um, I, I guess a hot take would be like I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to space. Um, until I started studying um, Krista McAuliffe and what she was about because she loved space and she, that was like her biggest dream was to go into space. And um, yeah, I guess I just I just love the thought of dreaming that big. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of You're good. space is so cool besides the color. <laughs> the colors of space are really cool. That's the only thing that's the only thing that's like, oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs> I don't have any hot takes, but um, I, lo I loved space when I was a little kid, and I always wanted to go to space camp, but I never got to go. You can as an adult. Yeah, and I found that out okay. like <laughs> so, two okay. months ago. We're all going to go start together? a GoFundMe to send Matt to space camp. And got do, it. Do you want to be roommates? I, I'll go. I was, I was just like, I was talking about space camp, and I was talking about how sad I was that I never got to go, and then I found out that... I still could go, yes. and I was so like, I, I need to go to space camp. Oh <laughs> so we're gonna make a GoFundMe to send Matt to space camp. <laughs> if you want to send him to space camp, please donate now. Please, please. <laughs> call us number one eight hundred. Send Matt to space camp. <laughs> now I will say you can still do some of the cool space camp things without going to space camp, like the multi-axis trainer, which sucks. Don't don't ever do this multi-axis trainer. It doesn't do anything, but. Uh, I will say. Insective. <sighs> okay. Hot take. I'm going to. This is this is a fight on site for me. The moon landing happened. The moon landing <laughs> happened. Period. I know so many people who literally don't believe the moon landing happened, and this is like. Because you can see the wires. No, just kidding. Oh I, my I, God. Think, I think the moon landing happened. I'm so Abby, sorry. I'm about to quit the show. <laughs> no, no, his face got so red. <laughs> I'm so, so fast. I'm I am so okay. Oh, wait, I also believe that the moon landing happened. I'm I also so believe in the moon landing. I've just here's, heard here's the, the thing. crazy things. It, no, it's insane. But the beautiful thing is, I have actually handled footage, actual film from the Apollo 11 mission. The moon landing happened. It did actually happen. 
I've seen artifacts from it. I've handled artifacts from it. I've seen the schematics and prototypes from all the cool stuff at NASA. Perks of me working at the Space and Rocket Center for as long as I did. But the moon landing happened, point blank, period. Cannot convince me otherwise. Find me on campus and debate me. I wear the Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> He's also wearing a NASA shirt under the Hawaiian I am, shirt. I am wearing the NASA <laughs> shirt If you're watching this on YouTube, the on YouTube you can see his NASA shirt. <laughs> hey, I got one more hot take. Um, there needs to be more star-shaped hash browns in this world. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they do serve those at the Space and Rocket Center. That's awesome. Oh, oh my that. gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now let's talk about defying gravity now that we've defied Jared's patience with me and Pluto. Um, <laughs> so from what I know about the show, it has a lot of monologues. Or am I wrong? No. The way Laura Lee's eyes just cross, I have to be correct. I I have three monologues, but Ella has more than anybody. She at least has like six or eight. It's like almost every scene she's in is a monologue. Can confirm. So... <laughs> My question about monologues is how have y'all made them like different? Um, like how have you differentiated all of them in your head? Cause I know if I was doing all these monologues, I would have struggled so hard to keep them different in my head, especially for like an hour and a half show. Oh my gosh. Okay. So me and Laura Lee just did this fun little extremes exercise and that helped me and I don't want to speak for you, but helped us so much. Like picking an emotion and exploring it and taking it to the next level with each and every sentence that you finish is so much fun. So much fun. Um, so I think that really helps when you find maybe like an overarching theme of a monologue and then being like, that might, that might be this emotion. I'm going to try it and then go crazy, go wild. Um, yeah, fun. I guess to like elaborate on that, um, we uh, we did a scene together and um we like it was I guess we did like excitement and we were like screaming at each other okay to to like I guess just to let it all out and then we ended up um you know picking a monologue that we really felt like we needed to work on separately and um for me my monologues are teaching um like I'm teaching to my class um Krista she was a teacher um, obviously, and um, she taught a lot of different grades, but um, these are young children that she's teaching um, in the show, and um, so for me, it's to teach, like, really young kids. You have to be exaggerated, and you have to keep their attention, and so we tried playing with that the, the day before yesterday, um, and it was so exciting just to, like, let that all out and just let you know, things fly and try new things. And like Abby said, she's always up for us just bringing her new stuff. And so that's what we like attempted to do. And it felt really good to just like let go and try something new. So every time I do my monologue, for me, I try to put something new in there. And if it doesn't work, okay, fine. Um, I can change that. But yeah, I just try to bring new excitement every time. Another question I have for you guys is with the platforms, because I know you can't tell me much, much, but I'm, ner I'm nosy. I'm not on them, okay? I can't be there to watch <laughs> all. How, how has the usage in, like, impacted the way you do your characters, I guess? Because I don't know how they're being used, but to me, I feel like they impact the way y'all are blocking and doing everything. So, like, how has that affected you guys as actors? 
Well, for me and Matt, <laughs> we, um, so we actually, I'm not going to say much, um, but we actually stand on the, um, it's a six foot platform and, um, we actually stand on it and I'm laying on it and Matt is like walking around me in the space that, what little space there is around me. It's a very small space. <laughs> I think it's and, about four feet. Uh, yes. Diameter. Yeah. Very small, but most of it is taken up by the, the chair seat. that's yeah. going to be there. So I'm, I'm like scuffling around on the edge of this six foot flat. It's good. It's, it's so good though, because it brings so much um, intensity to the scene. And um, so being on that platform, it just it kind of puts into, into perspective of like where we're at in the play. That's all I'm going to say. Mystery surrounding the Challenger explosion. Wow. Uh, I will say it's, it's a really neat set to be able to work on, especially as it pertains to how much space there is on the platforms. I'm like very rarely ever on the platforms, I've noticed, because we have it sort of set up Almost, it, it's not quite symmetrical, but uh, one of the things that we're trying to go for as we get some of the more tech elements in is going to be working towards having sort of a complete, you can look either direction and sort of see basically everything. We're going to be trying to mirror as much as we can. So, you know, sort of working from that comedic relief perspective, there is a lot of sort of shuffling around in the negative space in between the platforms. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's very silly. And it, it, for me, especially as sort of the old man character, it provides for a lot of really good physical comedy, which is what I live for as an actor. As, oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Well, so like, as the director, the, the platforms are circles. So if you were to look from the sky down, you might suggest that it looks like some elements of a solar system, like that there's orbits. And so that actually required our blocking to be informed by our topography, our movement on the stage floor, to actually really they have to orbit a lot of times around these platforms. Yeah, I would say Jared's character as Ed um, with his character's wife, Betty, they have to shuffle around, they have to orbit quite frequently around the platforms, whereas some of our characters who go to space, they orbit on the platforms. So we're all really stars. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm planning to go at least twice because the way it's set up, there's going to be chairs on each side and I want to watch it from both angles Wow! to okay. get as much as in. So I recommend everybody do that. <laughs> Is there a certain side you feel like people should start from first? Oh, I will say as the director, I've had to move around a whole lot so that I could, you know, make sure it's equal for both sides. Right now, probably... Um, the upstage side gets a lot of love, which is the side that would be um, not on Pine, but the opposite, like towards Norton. Yeah. Um, that's probably, that's where I do sit. That's where I like to sit, to be honest. Okay. Um, the other side just is, I think because the balcony above you is just above you and you feel a little bit more enclosed. If you want more like a spaceship feel, <laughs> then uh, sit, stay on the downstage side. But okay, yeah, okay. both are great. Um, what part of the production are you most excited for everybody to see? That's for anybody to answer. I'm a costume lover, hmm. so I'm really excited for us to be all decked out in our really cool gear. I am really excited about the first time for um, the NASA voices to start rolling um, with our dialogue. Um, I really just think that 
puts it into perspective for like my like me and my character um just because it was so impactful so i'm just like i'm really excited about that and ready to see that i'm gonna go ahead and echo that because you know the tech is something that we haven't really dealt with a lot especially since we're still implementing a lot of the new uh set design things especially since we've just gotten back from spring break but uh, I'm, I'm really stoked to see how some of the visual tech is going to play in, as well as some of that audio tech. It's going to be a lot of fun. But beyond that, just sort of being able to encapsulate this experience of not just being in the 80s, taking people back in that time capsule, but of really a moment in time that became a defining factor of the American Space Program, especially because after Challenger, they took a very long hiatus. I mean, they got a new shuttle in after that. Um, they it, it redefined the program, <clears throat> and to some degree, in my opinion, it has made us overly cautious when it comes to how we go to space, especially as it pertains to the new Artemis program, uh, with Artemis two coming up. In fact, they just announced the first woman to land on the moon will be Christina Cook, Space Camp graduate. So, Matt, let's let's get you there. We'll get you to the moon too. Um, but that said, it's there is an abundance of caution that came out of the Challenger disaster which in some senses is very good. We don't want to lose people in space. You know, uh, the United States, we have a, a very good sort of, we have a good track record when it comes to not losing astronauts. A lot a lot better than, you Jared, know. I love you, but you're completely off topic now. No, I'm bringing it back. Okay. okay. We get to contain their legacy in a show and bring it to the people. That's, that is what I'm the most excited for. Mm. And that element of being able to bring honor to their legacies. I'm excited for the set. <laughs> um, I, I like coming into rehearsal and seeing like new things in there. Every time we walk in, there's always something new going on, um, whether it be a big piece or not. <laughs> um, I, I'm, ready, I'm excited to see um, just how like, finalized everything is going to start looking the further we get into rehearsals and the more it's going to start coming together yeah I've been excited about like every step of the way I, I think Matt the other day it was like Matt's Christmas because I brought him <laughs> paints and a palette and an easel and he was like oh, oh and I was like he had paint brushes and he was like can I have this one and I was like they're all for you and he was like oh my gosh <laughs> so we had Matt's Christmas the other day that was really exciting and yeah my props team is doing some really great things they were actually 3d printing Ooh. um yeah we were partnering with the generator um uh, which is a, a UNA program to 3D print our props so that they can feel like an impressionist style um, to match that we have Monet in our show. And then we also have projections coming. Um, they're being designed by our assistant technical director, Thomas Butler, um, who's a UNA film grad. And so he's designing projections for us. So we have like a lot of more things to come and it's just every step has been so exciting. That is super cool. I'm super excited for that. Um, the last question I have before we wound down um, is since this is based off a real event, how do you guys go about your characterization? Because I know for me, a lot of times I'm doing things that are completely fictional. So it does not matter like how I feel about it. But since this was a very public thing, this was a very public event, how did you like characterize that? Um, well, for me, at the beginning, um, it was very hard to uh, to... I guess, make light of the situation because um, watching videos of 
it happening and uh, Krista McAuliffe's family and her kids and her husband um, watching all their faces when it, the tragedy did happen, it was so heartbreaking. And I was like, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to be happy about this? How am I supposed to make light about this? Because Abby has challenged me um, to do that. And it's really, you know, made me such a better actor um, because I did not even think about that. Um, but I believe that she was so passionate um, about going to space and that was her dream and she was going to do it regardless of what anyone said and she literally um before you know going getting in that um spaceship she knew that there was a possibility that she might not make it and I was like wow she gave it up she gave it all up for her dream and I really feel like that's where I find the light in it, that she was so passionate about something and she loved it so much. And I really just try to bring that to the table instead of how tragic it was, because she honestly was such a happy person and she loved so deeply. And I just try to bring that kind of character to the table. I think we're trying our best to work to honor these people and their experiences. I found that... In the text, there's a lot of inspiration that the playwright included. There's small details and moments that highlight who these people are and key elements of their stories that I think are just beautiful. And I think we're all working together in a way to highlight this event and how there are really dark parts of it. But these people's lives didn't stop and they persevered and they're really strong. And we want to highlight their strength throughout, the, throughout their lives and their stories. Yeah, I think that even though this right is wrapped around the Challenger disaster, that that the show being being nonlinear that we see before and after, even while we're seeing the before and after, like that there's still a lot of light and hope. Like I don't I don't think you're coming to see I think you're coming to see a drama. I don't think you're coming to see a tragedy. I think you're coming to see that all of these characters, including the teacher herself continuously says, go on, like, keep going. Like, I love you that much that you should also reach for the stars. And so that that is what we're trying to highlight in terms of our rehearsal process. Yeah, we we had to take it really quite seriously at first. My cast brought that in more than I did. I was actually really surprised about how serious they took it. Not that it's not, but that I just I was just seeing all the the bright moments and the light in it that I was really shocked um, when they came into the rehearsal with really kind of a heavy um, feeling about it. And I was like, whoa, 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 we have to, we have to work to um, deload that. And we, we, we established some de-rolling processes, which are a part of theatrical intimacy education um, and how to take some of that off so that we can give it all the seriousness that it needs, but continue to work and process how we're bringing these characters to life so that they're not so personal, but instead they're more, they're presentational and that we're, they're giving, so yeah. Um, I think I think we've all done a lot of research into all of our characters. Um, mine, my experience has been a little different, uh, just because I'm Monet. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the first time I've ever had to play like an someone who is an actual living person, which has been a bit of a challenge for me because this was a real human <laughs> who lived. Um, uh, but uh, for me, that's been a lot of like 
a lot of looking into art history for me and what uh, art at the time looked like and just, you know, the way that uh, Monet impacted the art world and, you know, how he continued, like, his work, like, continued to change the way that art developed, keeps yes. kept growing. Yes, yeah. yes, um, but I've looked into a lot of that for me and his life, a lot of Wikipedia as well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's and sort of to that end, I know I go on at length about this, but, you know, being that my family is, what now, third generation NASA, it's it's always been a very close at heart sort of topic for me is discussing that. And I don't know, survey of the room, has anyone else seen a shuttle launch? <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm, I'm the only one who here who has seen a space shuttle launch. And I actually did get to see it from Cocoa Beach. It was a space shuttle discovery in 09. But, um... Being able to see that and, and have that core memory that I had of being able to see that little streak of light go off into the sky and then having to juxtapose that with the emotions that the character Ed is feeling because he's, ironically, one of the, one of the key points of the show, uh, the comedic duo of the show are the two people that you actually get to see as they watch Challenger and the actual disaster occur. So it's, it's a very heavy load, especially considering that it is a deep personal memory that I have, have tacked onto. But to that end, Abby bringing up the whole de-rolling thing, that's been a very key part of the rehearsal process, especially for me, because it was such a joyous memory, and obviously we don't want that to get sort of bogged down in the character of it. So I, I feel like the de-rolling is definitely something that's very important to a piece like this, and I, I speak... I think I speak for everyone when I say that that's sort of an important lesson that she's really bestowed upon us. We love, we love. So to end us out, I always ask for our fizzle down feel good to be the last thing. What is one good thing that happened to you this week? It doesn't have to be a whole lot. It can be as simple as Starbucks at your order, right? It doesn't have to be super good. It could just literally be, you got a good parking spot today. So what is one good thing that has happened to everybody this week? I finally had my breakdown last night. <laughs> there every time every time i do a show what? there is one night where i just get so frustrated and so mad at myself and i was on the six foot platform and i just looked down at matt and i just bust into tears and he was like no it's okay it's okay and i was like no it's not and so but i'm back and it was good. I love those moments because I'm like, one. finally, thank God it finally happened. So, <laughs> yeah, Everybody needs one. I swear to God. Everyone needs one. Okay. Um, totally different vibe. But um, <laughs> I, um, in, I talked about this with like everyone in this room probably. But I got to perform in my studio class. I got to sing in my studio class for the first time since I was maybe 12 or 13. And it was like a big stress for me. But I, but I did it. I'm quite proud of myself of how it went. So that's that's my happy thing. My one thing that's hap good happening to me this week is that I get to go babysit my grandpa. Um, he's perfectly fine and capable. And if he ever hears this, he's going to be so mad at me. Huh? Um, but my half of my family is going out of town for a re uh, funeral. And so um, I'm going to McGovern to go watch him for a couple of days. And I'm excited for it. 
My happy thing this week is that on Monday, instead of rehearsal, we actually just had an 80s party, and I asked all the cast and crew to come dressed in their most iconic 80s looks, and we took headshots of them as stereotypical 80s, and that's what we're going to put in the program, and that was just really enjoyable. And we had a fake masterclass. I'm sorry, no, we had a real masterclass by Monet himself, showed up, and then Krista McAuliffe, of all people, came and taught us a science lesson, oh. and that was our rehearsal on Monday, and it was just, it was awesome. It was Sadly, so me and Matt weren't able yeah. to be there. Marley um, and Matt could make it. Marley, yeah. So people sorry. kept talking about how, like, this painter showed up, but was I, weird. I was in the It was back. really cool. Both of them were really cool. I actually got to be, you know, a teacher's pet, so... um. I'm just saying, you guys missed out. Yeah. Can't believe I missed that. I didn't even know about this. I would have came if someone told me about the party. I, I feel happy. I'm sorry. You have to CC me on these things. Okay, I will. <laughs> but you'll see um, you'll see the outcome of that project in the lobby. That's what we're ultimately going to do. We're going to post Krista McAuliffe's Lost Lessons, and you'll see our cast uh, trying to attempt those science projects. And um, Monet taught us in a master class, so you'll see their uh, watercolor work uh, displayed in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I have been having a lot of fun um, making puppets. Yeah. I need to see all of them. <laughs> um, I'm working on a new one, and I just finished like the arm yesterday. So that's that's been what I've have I've been having a lot of fun doing that. So I love it. That's that's mine. Petition to make Matt the first puppeteer to go to the moon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And for me, the one good thing that's happened this week, I gotta say, during that big storm that came through yesterday, uh, I decided that I was gonna break out my guitar and kind of hang out and just kind of relax. I had just retuned the guitar, got it restrung, because I got some new strings, and I opened it up out of the case, and then fixed the tremolo back into place, and one of the strings pops. So I got to go through that big old storm and go down to the music shop, and guess what happens? Dude has exactly one guitar string of the one I need, oh. and he gave it to me for free because he couldn't do a credit card for anything under ten bucks, and it was a buck fifty. So, shout out to that guy. But uh, I got a free guitar string yesterday, so <laughs> I'm having fun. That's so cool. We love it. We love it. If you want to go figure out anything else, cats doing, go to the Q and A. Uh, Cinema, Arts and Theater, Instagram, or the Cat Guild Instagram. Are there any personal things that you guys are working on or want to plug currently? Shout out to Grayson. He's our editor. We love Grayson. Mwah, love you, Grayson. Let me go ahead and shout out one of our uh, amazing seniors going on in the Cinematic Arts and Theater program, Logan Hare, whose practicum piece is uh, we're actually doing auditions for a little bit later tonight. Uh, it's a spinoff of Dungeons and Dragons. It is going to be a really fun little movie. Uh, so make sure if you have the opportunity to petition the gang at Cinematic Arts and Theater Program to be able to see that. I don't know when the presentations are going to be for that, hopefully soon. But uh, we should be entering the actual filming process within the next week or so. So shout out to Logan and the rest of the gang who are doing that. That is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really stoked to see how that project turns out. Okay, well, you guys where you, you guys know where to find us um, on social media, anywhere UNA Soda or Soda Pop, S-O-T-A-P-O-P. -P, and we will see you guys in the next week's episode. Bye! Bye!